When you say 2020, something just, well, when the doctor tells you you got 2020 vision, what does that mean? Perfect. My God is perfect. I said, my God is perfect. And I think some perfect things are going to happen this coming year. As I see the world getting darker, it is getting darker. I also see the church, a remnant of the church, getting brighter and stronger. And before long, before long, 2020, I don't know, but something's going to happen that's going to revolutionize this nation and the churches in our nations. Wake up pastors, wake up churches. Not just a routine, not just a ritual, coming here, da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. No, we're hungry. I went to the revival in the 90s years ago, 20 years ago. People were lined up waiting to get in. Lonnie has to call y'all in. I'm just being nice. I won't preach for a while with him. Uh, but, you know, there'll be a hunger that we, we can't wait to get here. I can't wait to worship. I can't wait to let my, I can't wait to serve my, my Savior. I can't wait to hear the Word. I want to hear the Word. I need the Word. The Word is life. Praise the Lord. There's some good things about to happen. Well, I hope you had a good Christmas. We had a crazy one. We bought a house, Sarah's house, two days before Christmas. And it looked like, I can't tell you what it looked like. It looked so bad. Anyway, we did have, blessed it, give the tree up. And so when the grandkids came, we did have exchange gifts. And that's the main thing. You know, Christmas is about our families. The children, as Mo said, and also our grandchildren. Wait till you get grandchildren. Well, I'm not going to say anything else. Praise the Lord. But I tell you what, you wonder why you had your kids first. You wonder, I'm just going to go on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is good. Praise the Lord. Brother Donald, I've been thinking about trying to say something good about you, but I haven't found anything yet. But I'm going to come up with something before I get through preaching. He told me, he said, can you say something good about me? I said, I will. I'm going to pray about it so I can find something. That couple right there meant so much to me when I first got saved. They were always there for me. I had the privilege of having their children and as a youth pastor. And they, they just took care of us. They fed us at times. We were there to minister them. And then she went through his traumatic thing, losing a leg. And Donald's always been there to support you, hold you up, encourage you. Now, he did get mad when we beat him in tennis, me and Brother Horton. But other than that, one time he got a ring on us, and it was some professional ring, you know, and, and they beat us. He, he, he never let, let us live that down. But anyway, but now and, and Kathy are, are true friends, and we love them very much, and it's so good to see them today. You know, friendship just grows through the years. You know, you learn to love people more and more. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, today is going to be a little different. Um. Uh, Open to Luke chapter 2. I don't think I'm going to preach as much as just commentate, but I may get into a little preaching and probably mostly teaching. But um, in Luke chapter 2, we have the birth of Christ. And boy, there's nothing like it in seeing how God orchestrated it all to happen as it did. Because there was a lot of prophecy given about it. And the Lord had to be there to make things work out. But we always, you know, we, we uh, for centuries now, churches, 
could be communities that portray nativity. You have the shepherds coming in, you know, and you have the wise men. But by the way, you read the scriptures, the wise men really wasn't at the stable. I don't want to bust your happiness about the wise men, but they came later, okay? It says they visited him in the house. So it wasn't like at the, uh, his birth they came, they came later. But there were wise men. It doesn't say there were three wise men. It says they brought, there were three gifts. So we don't know. We just assume there were three wise men. Just to let you know, we have a way of uh, westernizing, you know, things in the gym. And um, what has been portrayed for years in churches, how many people have had children or grandchildren in the nativity of church? Anybody? Few of y'all, yeah. Some of y'all, probably some of y'all children were, in, uh, were shepherds or maybe even baby Jesus if they were small enough, you know. So we've seen this over and over again. And uh, sometimes I've seen them bring a, 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 a live donkey in. That's dangerous, but sometimes I've seen them do it. And, uh, but in recent years, it's got to be where it's portrayed in Hollywood. There's been movies about the nativity. And I would think probably the nativity uh, has probably been more portrayed from the Bible than anything except maybe the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So many people know about it. But today, I'd like to spend a few minutes going right past the nativity. Because many times you read the, the, the Christmas story, and once everybody gets to the to the stable, uh, uh, we quit reading. But there were some profound things that happened in the first few days of Jesus' life. And I got a little, uh, I guess I, I got a title, Fulfillments and Revelations of the Christ Child. Um, in the next 17 or 18 verses, it tells a lot about the fulfillment and the revelations of who Jesus was, even as a, a babe. His mission, how he would react to others. For God had placed some special people to be the first ones to see him in public and realize who he was and what his birth meant to the Jewish people as well to the world. The individuals would confirm even more to Mary and Joseph. And I never will forget 19, verse 19, all the things that were said. And she said, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She remembered everything they were saying about Jesus. But she had to believe, you know, knowing what she went through, a virgin birth, that this child was special. And so whatever they were saying, it must be true. Praise the Lord. My prayer and desire is that God's children would be just excited about the fulfillments and the revelations of the Lord as they are on Christmas morning when the kids find gifts under the tree. Let me just say this. These gifts will fade away. Amen? But the Word, the Word will never fade away. It will last for eternity. So what do these words say? We're going to read them a little bit at a time. I'm not going to just read the whole uh, uh, 17, 18 verse. We're going to take them part by part. First of all, it fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. There was thousands of prophecies about the birth of Jesus. That's why I wonder about the Pharisees. Did they really know the, the law? Did they read Isaiah? Amen? That's what people church say. <laughs> Act like authorities, but they didn't know what the Word of God said. It's important we know what the Word of God says. Um, there's been prophecies that were written 1450 B.C., and 430 B.C. to 430 B.C. Manuscripts have been found to prove they were written at least 400 
to a thousand years before Jesus was born. Church, it would be difficult enough to predict five years away from now. Just think about it. Five years. We don't. We things are developing now. We don't know what we're going to see in five years. It's unbelievable. And, and be accurate. But these prophecies were four to 15, 15 centuries ahead of time. And guess what? They were 100% accurate. So it's unbelievable. It would also be impossible for someone to plan to fulfill all the prophecies. The prophecies speak of timing, location, circumstance. I just mentioned uh, circumstance of the birth. When, but, but who but God could plan such things? There's nobody could plan these things. Nobody but God. So instead of reading all the thousands of prophecies, you don't want to have all today, do you? Oh, thank you. I don't have all of them anyway. Anyway, here's just a few. Well, then I'll put them up there one at a time. Isaiah wrote 9 6. No. Go to 9 6 now. Yeah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah wrote this 700 years before he was born. In Isaiah 7 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin. They wanted to stone Mary. Hello? The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. These prophecies were given over 700 years before his birth. Then Micah 5, 2, Pastor Mo talked about this last week. But you, Bethlehem, though you are little among the fowls of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, who is going forth and or from the old and everlasting, written almost 800 years before Christ. It even talks about the the Savior being born in Bethlehem. Amen? That's why the decree by Augustus made him take a census to get him out of Galilee to get uh, uh, David, I mean, um, Joseph, to his ancestry, which was David, and of course Judah. Lastly, but not, not least, Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6. Did I give you that one, brother? <laughs> yeah. thought I did. Anyway, if not, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper to execute judgment and righteousness on the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now, this is, a, this is his name. His name should be the Lord our righteousness. 600 years before Christ was born. Unbelievable, church. So one thing Christ's birth did was fulfill Old Testament prophecy. And that's important. Let me just say this. Prophecy is only of God if it's completely correct. Well, I prophesied. I got half of it. No, that's not God's prophecy then. God doesn't do half of prophecies. If he gives you something, it should be right on when, when it comes to be fulfilled. So remember that. Be careful. There are a lot of um, false prophets around today. Be careful. Secondly, Jesus came to fulfill the law. Anybody can say amen to that? I'm glad we didn't have to... Uh, Killing animals here today, <laughs> offering the sacrifices, and then messing. I'm not even messing about the church. But all that's been done away with the ceremonies and everything. Jesus came to fulfill the law. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, verse 21, let's read it now. When the eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now, when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The Jewish custom was to be circumcised on the eighth day after their birth. 
it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young um, pigeons. Praise the Lord. So we see here, Jesus was born of Jewish descent. The Jews were told, you're going to get a Messiah. He had come. Messiah was here. Praise the Lord. He was in the lineage of David, who was in the lineage of Judah. The Jews were expecting a Messiah, but they were expecting to come in royalty. Hello? Papa's dance. I don't know if that's a word. Sounds good. With all kind of just, you know, a lot of just, all the uh, educated, all the wealthy people around him, they expected to see the Messiah like that. But he came and was surrounded by common folks. Jesus loves every one of us. Every one of us. He doesn't look at the rich, the poor, the middle class. He loves every one of us. Every one of us is a whosoever. Amen? A whosoever. We heard about that recently. Praise the Lord. But uh, he came surrounded by common folks. But he also came with a new covenant. I'm so thankful for a new covenant today. Thankful for a new covenant. And if it was one, the Jewish didn't understand because they were used to the traditions of Moses. But in Matthew 5, 17, I think we have that, Jesus said this, Do not think that I came to destroy the law. No. Or the prophets. No. I did not come to destroy. I came to what? Fulfill the law. To fulfill the law. We need the law. It tells us what's right and wrong. Today, even, our laws are made up. So you know, most of them are going according to the Ten Commandments. You know, do not kill, you know. Do not steal. All those things are, are sin. And so, he said, I didn't come to take that away. No, 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 no. I came to fulfill the law. There's a new covenant. Thank God for it. A new way to get to the Father. I'm so thankful. Hallelujah. And he fulfilled the law, but not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. Paul said this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, the Jew first, but also the Greek. Are you a Gentile? Say amen. You just didn't come for the Jews, you came for the Gentiles. Praise the Lord now. Thank you, Lord, for that. So in the first days by circumcision, he showed that, that his lineage was Jewish. He was Jewish. And that he would fulfill the law for all of us. And I'm so thankful I was born on this side of the cross. Anybody else? Amen. Number three. Luke 25. I think I'm 2.25. Yeah. This is an interesting fellow. Let's look at it. Verse 25 through 32. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by, his, by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so he came by the Spirit <clears throat> to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child to do according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed him. Lord, how you're letting your servant depart it now. You're letting your person depart. Servant, depart in peace, according to the word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all the people. A life to bring revelation, praise the Lord, to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people, Israel. This guy, Simeon, wasn't just a nobody. He was known. He was devout. His, his testimony was righteous. He came to the temple often to pray. 
And somehow the Lord had told, assured him that he would not taste death until he saw the Messiah. Hmm. Wow. I don't know how old he was. He's probably not even a little worried. I don't know. But still, I'm not, he, he, was a, he was just, he just knew for sure that he was going to see the Messiah. So when Joseph brought Jesus to be circumcised, Simeon was there, because he came just about every day, and he began to prophesy. He said, Lord, you let me depart in peace. Ooh, thank you, Lord. According to your word, my eyes have seen your salvation. The Lord is our salvation. Jesus Christ is our salvation, church. The church can't save you. The preacher can't save you. Jesus saves you. We're saved by grace. Hallelujah. We're saved by mercy. Thank God for his mercy. Hallelujah. You know, I have John 1.14. This is what John the Baptist said. John 1.14. Oh, John. Uh, that's not it, I don't believe, is it? Cover up, yeah. And the Word became flesh. The Word became flesh. Where is Jesus? This is Jesus right here. We have His Word. He is the Word. Praise the Lord. He dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Go ahead, brother, next uh, verse. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received what? Grace for grace. Hallelujah. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. No one has seen God any time. The only begotten Son who is the, in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Church, for by grace you've been saved. You can't wake your way to heaven. I know people tell me years ago, I remember one guy, I'm getting my act together and I'm going to come to church. You'll never get your act together. That's a lie of the devil. I'm going to quit smoking before I come to church. I'm going to quit doing this before I come to church. Come to church. You know, fishermen catch the fish, but somebody's got to clean it. We're catching the fish. The Holy Ghost is cleaning them. Hallelujah. It says man preaches the word, the Holy Ghost ministers and speaks to them and brings conviction at times that they need to be changed. And that's good. God wants to change us into his image. He loves you so much. Sometimes it may be, seem hard, but it's for your good. It's for your good. Praise the Lord. No more rituals and laws that the Jewish required to be, be right with God. That was religion. That's trying to work your way up to heaven. Jesus came down to us. We're in a relationship with the Lord. Thank God for that. Next, he says, Jesus would be a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Jesus said his mission was to seek and to save the lost, but also destroy the works of the devil. That's the only person we should hate, <laughs> is the devil. Amen? Not the person the devil's in, but the devil. Sometimes the devil's behind people. We know that. And, uh, but um, he came to seek and save that which was lost. Um, he is the light of the world. Give me John 8, 12 and John 9, 5. John. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And next one, brother, 9, 5. I, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Well, guess who is the light now? I'm looking at all these spotlights out here. We're the lights. We're the city on a hill. People are in darkness. 
They don't understand. But we have the light of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, some people will never like the light. Read John 3. Let me give it to you. Turn me to John chapter 3 right quick. John chapter 3. I, didn't get, I got this this morning. John 3, 17. You've all heard it. It's after the most popular, one of the popular versions of the Bible. 3.16. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that he, <coughs> through the world, through, through him, might be saved. Hallelujah. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. Mm. Everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who comes to the light, <laughs> does the truth, excuse me, comes to the light, and his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Let me just say this to you. When you become a Christian, there are things that will happen to you that don't happen before. You may walk in a room, there'll be all people are not saved. And you have said one thing about Jesus. But they know where you go to church. They know you're a little strange. They've heard. The world gossips the light. Y'all know that? The church doesn't gossip, but the world gossips the light. Why don't y'all look around? But you say, what did I do? You haven't done nothing. The light in you is shining on them. You're not saying nothing. But the light in you is exposing what's in them. Who they have said, oh, it's okay. I'm doing it my way. It feels okay. It feels good I'm doing it. God, God, will, God, God, God will forgive me. Let me tell you, the light exposes the darkness. And, and they won't. They'll just act like you got the plague or something at times. It's not you, friends. It's the light. It's Jesus in you. Keep smiling. Keep loving them. Keep it reach out to them. You know, pray for them. But don't feel like it's just you. It's not. Jesus in us. Jesus in us makes a difference. And, and unless we bring that light People will never know what's right and wrong. And boy, I see it today. They're, they're mixing things together, even in the church today. I'm, I'm worried about that. We can't water down the gospel. The gospel has to be preached just like it is. Amen. Somebody give God, give God praise for that. Look at verse 33 of chapter 2. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, to Mary's mother, Behold, the child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Church, they never will accept Jesus the world. We've got to get him saved, but many will never accept him. Jesus said, uh, you know what? If they hated you, it's because they hated me first. So don't feel bad. Somebody hates you. Oh, my goodness. Even today, it's amazing how Jesus has been taken out of everything. No, not. You see it. That's why we got to stand up for what's right. Stand up for the, and be in the light. Praise the Lord. We may be ridiculed, but I tell you, church, the Jewish people have been ostracized for years, hundreds and thousands of years, because they were his people. And now they're Christians. Are being persecuted. They, they, they tell me there's more Christians dying, there's more deaths today than there was at any other time in the world. 
We don't know it, you know, but there is. People are not, not bending the knee to, to Baal. They're saying, I will not renounce Christ. I'm going to live for Jesus Christ. Losing their heads, being hung, shot, whatever. We live, we live in a wonderful country. But unless we take note of what's going on, it could happen here too. So let's continue to press forward. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, a sign which will be spoken will be spoken against. Uh, John 15, 18. Go ahead, John. John. Yeah, John 15, 18. Hallelujah. Is that the one I just said? Did I give you that one? If the world hates you, yeah, I just gave you that. You know that it hated me before it hated you. Okay. So we see that we're, we're in a battle, church. We're in a battle. Not against people, but against the Spirit. Against the Spirit. And so, Simeon is telling them, oh, this could be salvation. This could be the light. It could be revelation to the Gentiles. So get, get ready, Mary. He said, uh, they're not going to like him. And you'll be the rise and fall of many. And, of course, will be spoken against, lied about, as we know he was, even at his crucifixion. And the church is being lied about even today. Last but not least, Verse 36 to 38. There's no lady that was in the temple that day. Her name was Anna. She was a prophet, prophetess, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. This woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple to serve God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in, Coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Church, I believe this is a mission for the church. Anna came in and when she saw him, she thanked him. Thank God for your son. She was so happy. And then she said, she spoke. She began to tell people, you need to know him. You need to be redeemed. Are y'all with me? Guess what our job is? To tell people you need the Lord. You need to be redeemed. It's not just about church. It's not just about a denomination. It's a relationship with the Lord. Praise the Lord. And, and she, she just said, oh, yeah, you said, she began to tell people. I said, Lord, that's what you want us to do. This is evangelism. We have to tell people about the Lord. This is about preaching the gospel to all who are hungry, lost, all those who are hurting, those who feel lost. We should be tell them and show them there's a way to the cross in Jesus. For through him is eternal life. Church life is short. And all the seniors said amen. Like a blur, huh? How did we get here so fast? That's what we say all the time. How did we get to this age so fast? My goodness, church. But I tell you, we are his witnesses today. And we, I pray that the spirit of Anna will be upon the church today to speak about him, to talk to people about him, to tell them about Jesus. Every chance you get. Now, you can't hold people down and just jam it to them, but when the opportunity comes, be sensitive by the Holy Spirit. You never know when somebody's going to come and ask you, will you pray for me? It's an open door. Amen? Praise the Lord. So, by the way, I just got here. We need more convictions in our own lives. What's right and wrong? Be sure that you know. Be sure that it's backed up by the gospel. But have a conviction. Well, nobody else does. Well, it's your conviction. You live by it. Praise the Lord. Witness of the Lord, God will bless you. 
So we see here, in the first few days of Jesus' life, the first eight days, eight days, he fulfilled prophecy of the Old Testament about his birth and life. He fulfilled the law by the circumcision in his parents' heritage, praise the Lord. We understood his identity, who he was. He was the Son of God. His purpose, he came to seek and save that which was lost, praise the Lord. And it was declared by Simeon. And how the world would respond to him in his ministry. We found out that he would be opposed. He would be opposed wherever he went. Guess what? He's still being opposed today. That's why we need revival. His purpose for the church and the nation was declared by Anna. We've got to speak. Speak to people about his redemption. Tell them. You know, church, I tell people, don't get an argument of what, what, what years the dinosaur came out of. Just tell people what's happened to you. I, I don't want to argue about that. And, Adam and Eve had two, two sons, how they had children, everything else. No, no. Let me just tell you what happened to me. I was hurting. I was lost. I was suicidal, maybe. And I found Jesus. And a light came into my life. And a big burden was taken off my shoulders. And all of a sudden, I saw what I was, my purpose was. And I've been living for him. He's, he's been my source. He's been my help. He's helped the spirits. just helped me everything I've done. Everything I'm trying to do. Tell people what's happened to you. That your greatest testimony is your testimony. Hallelujah. And he preached that out most of the time. He was preached a lot of times. One description of him, and I close with this. He's called the Prince of Peace. You know, we always see in the world people want to blame God. I'm going to tell you, God didn't start any war. Man did. The evilness of man's heart for greed, for power, for money, for possessions, for land. It's just, it's just horrible. When people don't know God, they want it all. Sometimes you wonder how these people who are so wealthy want it all, want more, when they have so much already. But God's not a God of wars. You know, even, we've had even civil wars in our own country, our own family fighting against each other. That's not God. God is the Prince of Peace. In 1914, you'll probably heard the story. I had a video I played for Promised Land last year, Steve, you remember, of the truce, the truce, uh, uh, truce of Christmas Day, 1914. It was a truce. The Pope said, would y'all please quit fighting the first Christmas that World War I started. And England and Germany were in the foxholes fighting. And some said this didn't happen, but many said it did happen because the soldiers who were involved in it wrote home to tell their family about what transpired that, that Christmas day. They said about midnight, when Christmas started, the Germans started singing Silent Night. They listened, they listened, and they sang it back in English. Then they uh, sang the first Noel. Germans sang it in Germany. Then they both sang together, O come, all ye faithful. And they were singing. They couldn't believe it. They were singing with the, the guys they had been fighting against. Now, there, there was no shooting going on. It was nighttime. These had fought in the daytime. And they didn't stop in singing. In the mornings, one British soldier stood up and up with his hands up. Some said he had a sign that says, don't shoot. And they looked. They were all ready to kill him. And they said, put your guns out. And so another one, German stood up. Then they began to stand up. The German stood up, began to walk over the barbed wire they had set to, to divide them. And here come the Germans walking. 
and they come together. Two armies that had been trying to kill each other. Hello? Twelve hours early, come together and shook hands. That's the prince. That's the prince of peace. That's the prince of peace. He shook hands. Many of them got gifts for Christmas. Cookies, pudding. They exchanged gifts. They got addresses. After the war, I'll contact you. I guess the thing, if they lived, they would contact each other. And then some say, in a soccer game, they called it football over there, got started. And they had a soccer game. Some deny that, but some know I was in the game. The Germans won 3-2. But that day went on for, for some six, eight, ten hours. And finally, they started hearing the guns shoot again. And they had to get back and try to kill the man who just had made friends with. I'm just telling you about the Prince of Peace and what he can do. If he can bring peace to two armies, he can bring peace to you, your family, your friends, your boss, your sister, your brother. He's the Prince of Peace. He wants us to love one another, put away our differences and love one another. And this morning, as we end this 2019, I'm so excited about 2020. I think that God's getting ready to do some wonderful things. And I want you to be at peace. Be at peace with your family. Be at peace with your friends. Maybe the person you can't stand the most. Maybe it's not a family member, just somebody. Be at peace. Ask God to help you to make amends. Amends and just work things out. But he is the prince of peace. Pray for our government. It's horrible. I said pray for our government. It's horrible. We need friendship again. At one time you could disagree, and that was it. But it's more than that right now. It's hatred. It's greed. It's unbelievable. Pray for our government. Pray for our leaders. It's just important today. The enemy's trying to take over. But I want you to know he still is the Prince of Peace. And I thank God for that.